done is the reason why most of the world is repaired to us, particularly after World War II, is because of who we are as a nation. We, the people, we hold these truths, etc. Sounds corny, but it's real. And that's why, the, no, but that's why the vast majority of the nations have followed us. But, why can't you memorize the rest of that? It's really short. We hold these truths to be, well, all, you know the rest. Oh, to be self-evident. Come on. All men are created equal. All, say all people if you want. That's fine. So is, is Biden doing these every day now? Is this his attempt to be relevant and kind of a counter to the president on this issue? It hasn't worked out the way he wanted. Some people are referring to them as dire side chats, oh. which is a good name. I'm being honest here. I'm not being partisan. I've seen a couple of them, and they're not good. He he's that's the, generous. The intent was to look presidential, um, in especially in the early days of the daily briefings. I thought the president came off a little scattershot, and so the idea was we'll have Biden out here, clear, confident, what a great looking contrast. like a leader, a contrast. But he just he can't do it. Part of it is, geez, dude, how much money have you got? gazillions of dollars hire some lighting some makeup some make it look good yeah make it look important it's it's got that old man rambling in his basement on a cell phone look here's another clip from one of these things if we were setting up an education system for the first time in our history as we did at the turn of the last in the late 1800s we would not say 12 years was enough Twelve years is not, not not enough to live in a to, in the, tw- the the second quarter of the middle of the twenty first century uh, and be able to live and know you're going to be able to compete. Whoa, Wait, what the Whoa. second quarter of Whoa. the middle? I was going to be generous the there middle of the first. and say this is be out of context, but you can't put that in a context. That is uh, that a little dizzying. God, if he does that on a debate stage, I just don't see. You know, I was whacking golf balls yesterday with uh, some friends. We were six feet apart, social distancing, Jack. And um, politics came up. The coronavirus came up. And one guy brought up old uh, old man Cuomo in New York. Um, and uh, everybody agreed instantly, and these are all Republicans, that he is so much more formidable than old man Biden. I mean, right. by a mile. And if all this had happened six, eight months ago, please. Old man Joe would not have had a chance. Um, Cuomo would be the uh, nominee. Meanwhile, Gavin Newsom is staring 3,000 miles across the country saying, So, this is who I must defeat. And Cuomo is looking right back at him saying the same thing. Well, if this had happened earlier in this cycle, uh, maybe an Andrew Yang, maybe a... uh, Who who are some of the other candidates that were were pretty decent on the stage? Um, Klobuchar. Yeah, Klobuchar very well. Yeah. It could have could have come off as sounding like there. There's the leader right there. She has a terrible charisma deficit, but you know, in in a serious time, maybe nobody would have cared. Oh, Mayor Pete could have been could have maybe killed it with this whole thing. Maybe. Well, it's worth considering. It's. I think the contrast is the the entire context, the scenery has changed from everything's really going pretty darn well. The president's kind of an odd guy, but it's, you know, come on, look at the market, look at the, the, the look at the, the the wage increases, the rest of it. Now the, the 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 background is completely different, and so you got old smiling, stable Joe Biden. He's a little old and dizzy, but hey, he's a good guy. Everybody likes Joe. Well, no, you, that's not good enough now. So it's it's a hell of a thing, uh, and and I bet. Oh, I, there's no need to bet. I'm certain I'm correct. 
There are plenty of Democrats in the halls of power saying, oh, my God, if only we'd had a few more months. Have you seen any of that in the Twitterverse, Sean? I don't follow enough uh, people that would, uh, that, that you know, that are on Biden's side hoping he wins, but are uh, complaining out loud about his performances. Well, I don't. I don't think there are Biden fans. There's the well. I guess this <laughs> yeah. is the guy that was. True we got to get behind him. Yeah, that was true all along. So yeah, yeah well th- said. There, there. He doesn't have advocates, at least not that I've seen. Like it's, right. it's always well. We got to get the other guy out. Older folks, black voters, I think, are pretty fond of Joe, but they're not active on Twitter. I, I well, old folks, I was. Yeah, 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 yeah. I almost yeah. want to hear black that. Black Twitter last, is great. I almost want to hear that <laughs> that last one again. That was that was something. Go ahead. If we were setting up an education system for the first time in our history, as we did at the turn of the last in the late 1800s, we would not say 12 years was enough. 12 years is not not, not enough to live in a to in the tw- the the second quarter of the middle of the 21st century uh, and be able to live and know you're going to be able to compete. You okay, know, there, I get was, what he's saying. there was a pretty good message in there. Yeah, I get what he's saying. It was just a... Uh, incoherent. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. It would be great if that. he said that message you guys <laughs> it was heard. incoherent. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. Uh, we need to restructure our education system. A 12-year education system provided by the government worked at the end of the 19th century, but it doesn't work now. Right. That's fine message. I don't know if I agree with him, but that's an okay message. Well, yeah, we do need huge education reform, and uh, I love teachers. I know a lot of teachers, and, and I think they're terrific people. On the other hand, the teachers' unions in America are standing in the way of the adaptations we need to make as a society, and it's just so obvious. That's a pretty interesting point. How long has it been 12 years? Has it been, like he said, since the late 1800s? I believe that's that correct. That makes yeah. no sense. There's right. no possible way, that, and who knows how they came up with that number then, but however they came up with that number then, mm-hmm. why would it be the same now? Right. Nothing else is the same now. Well, and and... And I have some great, actually, information on uh, the achievement gap in education here in my hand. It's funny that we're onto this topic, but um, kind of accidentally coinciding. It, it was adapted and changed as these crazes hit education. We've talked about this before. Education may be second only to fashion and how crazes come and go. And everybody starts wearing low-waisted jeans. Everybody. And if you don't, you're an ass. And then, you know, three years later, it's the high-waisted jeans. Everybody in high-waisted jeans. Same in education. These crazes come and go. And in the 20th century, it really took hold in the idea and the Obama administration really pushed this. And in this case, Barry's intentions were nothing but good. Everybody goes to college. Everybody's got to go to college. The smart and the dumb, the black and the white, the, 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 uh, the adept and the not so adept, the, the English major and the engineer. Everybody goes to college, which is really a terrible idea. So, yeah, we need to tear it down. Good stem of basic education up to, say, age 14, 16, something like that. Then trades education for those who are enthusiastic and capable in that. The college track for other folks. And then the high tech track, maybe instead of the college track. Look, I don't give a damn about Chaucer. I want to learn how to code. Right. Okay, you're over there. And automation and robots and plumbers and English majors because we need uh, liberal arts majors. The world needs liberal arts majors. We're not going to run out of those anytime soon. Mm, that's a good point. 
So anyway, yeah, we need serious education reform in this country. And and our incoherent uh, grandpa over there was actually making a good point. Oof. Incoherently. If we ever do get back to some sense of normalcy and we resume the presidential race, it's going to be entertaining. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And maybe a little troubling. I'm already troubled. The first debate's going to be huge. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So well, coming up, I want to talk just a little more about education. Maybe we'll give you a segment off, but. We do have to get to the mayor of Los Angeles, because if you haven't heard this, oh, it's boy. extraordinary. Yeah, he apparently has been uh, tutored by the Chinese in uh, methods of compliance with his edicts. But uh, there's this great column by Walter Williams, who is a black man and leans conservative. R- he's talking about a report on the secret shame how america's most progressive cities betray their commitment to educational opportunity for all which was written by a self-described liberal and ceo of a liberal nonprofit who's looked deeply into education in the big cities and says look you cities that frankly i've voted for your leaders we're getting it completely wrong so that coming up uh after the report on los angeles where the secret police will will be clubbing you on the legs like it's Iran, and you're before su- you know it, and you're supposed to confront people. Oh yeah, if you see them out and about, yeah, yell it's at your just, neighbors. It's just amazing. Go Stay down tuned. to Watts, start screaming at people. Oh. Sure. Oh boy. Armstrong and Getty. And we know that people want to do the right thing. We're asking folks to first, if you see something, say something. Not like the old 9-11 days, but go up to somebody and actually say something. But we are absolutely prepared to find people. This is a misdemeanor and let people know that it is their responsibility. The difference between life and death for somebody is your behavior. That's the mayor of Los Angeles saying, if you see somebody out, you should go up to them and confront them. But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. About them being out and about, which I would think, I'm walking my dog. I either walk my dog or he poops on my carpet. Well, that's cowardly as far as I'm, I'm going down to East L.A. right now. Buenos dias, my friends. I need you to go back inside right now. And what are you, my mom? <laughs> Confront people that you see out. What are you doing? Where are you going? Good idea, Eric. Mayor Garcetti also announced water and power will be shut off for non-essential businesses that stay open. Your behavior can save a life or take a life. And people who are staying open with their businesses are being selfish. And uh, so they're going to shut off their power or their electricity. I don't know if this has ever happened in America, has it? Their water make them, uh, you know, I don't know, lap up from rain puddles. Your behavior is irresponsible and selfish for people who remain open. I, I could see if I ran a business looking next door and thinking the dry cleaner's open, the donut shop's open. Why can't I be open? Why can't right. I do the same thing they're doing? With the same density of people. I really well, don't want to go out of business. The you have, the less spread you're going to sure. have, Jack. No, d- no a, doubt about that. And you're being selfish, feeding your children, supporting your employees who may have children. Keeping them from losing their place. That's very selfish. Those selfish, selfish business owners trying to make money. 
Right. It's it's you know has Eric Garcetti ever had a real job? I, I was just thinking that myself. I so or does does I don't know what his background is, but you know there are academics who have that view of it. anybody who owns a business. They're just they're just every day they go in they open their business. They're just putting more on their giant pile of money that they've got. Exactly. <laughs> um, if that were the case, people would probably be happy to stay home. That doesn't matter. I'll just stay home, take a little vacation. They're willing to go in. And be around people that might be sick because if they're shut down for even a couple of weeks, that might be the end of their business. And every and every cent that they've got sunk into it, that's why they they might be staying open. So while you might be right, maybe they should be closed. Maybe that's bet, best for society. But don't call them selfish. Well, here's just a shock. I mean, oh, somebody's gonna have to revive me. Get out the smelling salts. He's been an academic and a politician. Period. There you go. You've never ever had to worry about uh, paying rent, paying this, paying that. Business owners are greedy. You never had to worry about being They're fired. Selfish. Because if you're in an academic and in government, you can't get fired from your job, even if you suck at it. So, uh, yeah, you have no business lecturing business owners uh, on being selfish and irresponsible. Hey, Eric, trying to stay afloat. Eric, I got one for you. And seriously, now, you might want to take this one to heart. I have blind spots. Of course I do, Jack does. We all do. Here's one of yours, Eric. It's, it's, a, it's a metaphor. It's a parable, if you will. Once there was a man who, who felt like he owed something to humanity, he cared about his fellow human beings, and he decided to start a charity. And he was an ambitious guy. He decided, I'm going to start a charity that entirely feeds, clothes, medicates, and educates a thousand families for their entire lives. That's an ambitious thing, Eric. Can you imagine a charity that effective that a guy started for, from scratch? A thousand families. Self, well, supported thanks to this man's charity. You know what that man did, Eric? He started a business, and it was successful, and he hired people, and then they hired more people, and the business grew, and the thousand families, which might be three, four, five thousand people, had food and clothing and education and medicine. That's an amazing act of generosity. I'm sorry. <laughs> Selfishness, Eric. So on... Go teach another class. Oi. In his defense, what he's trying to avoid as the second biggest city in America is what's happening in the first biggest city in America. That's a point. It's a point well taken. Where in uh, New York yesterday, they had 81 deaths reported in an eight hour span in New York. And Mayor de Blasio said he believes half the city's population of four million people are going to end up with the virus. Uh, based on what people are telling him. Yikes. Half will get it. How many will die? That's what we still don't know yet. Well, and people are fleeing Gotham. And both the New York uh, government and the federal government are begging them, listen, wherever you go, upstate, New Jersey, wherever you're going, self-quarantine for two weeks because there's a decent chance you got it and we can't have you spreading it. So this came up yesterday as a topic, and uh, we're doing all kinds of things that I never thought could happen in America. Could this happen? Could we start... So we start banning people from various cities or states. So if you have red governors who say, you know what, we're open for business. I think it's been long enough. We don't have them. We're open for business. We've advised our oldsters to to batten down the hatches and stay low. We're encouraging social distancing, but everybody's open for business. If the state next door says, no, no, we're closed for business. Nothing is closed. In fact, you're a selfish, greedy human being if you're open at all. And we're going to give out tickets. We're going to shut off your water if you try to open. If those what happens there on the state line? 
Does one state say you're not allowed to come in if you're from that state? Could that happen in the United States? Is that even possible? Mm, oh, boy. That would be like at the far end of a governor's uh, emergency powers. I don't know. I wonder. Uh, my gut says, no, you could never do that in the U.S., but it could be in certain you know, state emergencies a governor could do that. I mean, you can enforce that. You can have troops at the border turning back your fellow Americans. That'd be a hell of a chapter. Couldn't you see that with, say, California and Arizona? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if L.A. turns into New York and Los Angelinos all, uh, uh, you know, flee for their lives. Yeah, I could see something nutty like that happening. I hope it doesn't. And again, I get that uh, that the, the mayor is he wants to save lives. And in that, I'm, I'm with him. But maybe use different language, though, yeah. than, than calling business owners selfish. Here's here's your punchline. Eric, the academic and politician, studied for a Ph.D. in ethnicity and nationalism. I don't need to hear anything from you about anything. Ever again. (laughs) Ever again. (laughs) If you study something real, let us know. (laughs) Oh, for goodness sakes. (laughs) I kid, partly, sort of, a little bit. Oh, boy. Shutting off the water for people who stay open. I know. It's unbelievable. So, hey, speaking of oppressive regimes, China has ordered Chinese companies operating abroad to steal and hoard supplies. We have proof of this. Thanks, China. Coming right up. The Summer Olympics in Tokyo have been postponed until next year, which is a shame for the athletes. But the truth is, NBC could probably just show the last Olympics and nobody would notice the difference. Yeah, I, 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 I think a lot of people are overestimating how much people are going to miss the Olympics if they don't happen. Yeah, I could not at gunpoint nor for $10 million tell you who won the women's 400 meters, yeah. for instance. America. And, and <laughs> America, exactly. We America. always run the 400 meters. Um, uh, two things got to mention. One, they passed that $2 uh, trillion thing in the Senate, and it'll pass in the House tomorrow, so that's going to happen. And, man, that'll have long-lasting effects. Anything that much money, it's got to have long-lasting effects, Yeah, for better or worse, for a yeah. long time. Yeah, who knows what we have unleashed. They had to unleash something. And we got a celebrity birthday today, which I only mentioned just to drive home the point how old the people are in Washington, D.C. Nancy Pelosi's birthday today, it's a big one. She's 80. Oh, my God. 80 years old. 80. She's the Speaker of the House. One of the most powerful people in the world. Boy, you normally don't see that outside of like some African totalitarian regime where the king's been in power for 56 years. Yeah, exactly. And, um, 80. And, and it's usually, you know, it's just like his sons that are still protecting the power. Right. Because the 80-year-old can't He's really off do in the corner drooling and, you know, yeah. Playing word searches. And Nancy Pelosi's, you know, far from drooling. She's better off than Joe Biden, but still, it's just, it's just, it's just astonishing. Really? That, that we have so many 80 or near 80 year olds. Astonishing, infuriating. I don't know. There's plenty of words for it. (laughs) It, It's hard to explain that we don't think, you know, the, the 50 something crowd, they got something to say about all this. And that's so much younger than 80. So much younger than Almost eight. half. Listen, I swing to the right. Proudly so. But there are a hell of a lot of smart, dynamic Democrats in the world. And the fact that they ended up with old Uncle Joe is just, it just shocks me. How old's Schumer? 
So Biden's pretty near 80. Nancy turns 80 today, and Schumer's, what, mid-70s? Right. Wow, it's just incredible. You throw in Biden and Steny Hoyer, who's the second in command over there in the House. He's no spring chicken. It's amazing. <laughs> well, it's not like Mitch McConnell's 48. No, no, but, no, no, no. no. Right. It, it happens all the way around. It's, it's, just, it's a weird. It's got to be a blip in history. Schumer's 69. Oh, is he? He's a lot younger than I thought oh, he was. he's a child. <laughs> he well, is. Kevin McCarthy's practically still in diapers over there on the Republican <laughs> side of the House. Yeah. Um, so, uh, big numbers. You like big numbers? How about 3.3 million Americans filed for jobless benefits last week? It is four and a half times bigger than the biggest ever. Yeah, this does not happen. I, uh, I've done a lot of studying statistics in my life and taking classes and stuff like that, looking at curves and graphs and stuff like that. You do not end up with graphs like this. Right. It just doesn't happen. You look at the graph for the last two decades. And it goes up and down and up and down. Ooh, there's a pretty big up in 2008 after the financial crisis. Right. Up and down, up and Look down. Look at that, up 30%. And then a line that's like a skyscraper at yeah. the end, which is today or last month. Yeah, let's publish that at armstrongandgetty.com. It's so, astonishing. It is. Well, it really all those is. all those other record days of unemployment, they were all based around kind of these ethereal market forces at work, right? This was the sure. only one where the government said, the government actually caused it. Oh, yeah. said, you oh, yeah. guys yeah. can't work. Hence the $2 trillion measure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it's... Uh, the previous high was 695000 in 1982, which was the week that MTV was invented and everybody stayed home to watch music videos. <laughs> That's what I did. Which is somewhat surprising. But yeah, 3.3 million Americans is absolutely shocking. Uh, I want to get to that educational note because it's so interesting and revealing. But this quickly, and this is out of Australia, um, and this is from the the big, well-thought-of news website in Australia. Land down under. A China, And sent along by alert listener Matt. Uh, a Chinese government-backed company amassed Australia's supply of masks, hand sanitizer, antibacterial wipes, and shipped them all to China during the early days of the COVID-19 thing. Your punchline, in case you got to leap out of the car and run into work, is the idea that there's a separation between Chinese corporations and the Chinese communist regime is hilarious. There isn't. If the Chinese communists say to a company, you're doing this, that company does it to the letter. Or they languish in a concentration camp. Well, you don't operate. Looking at you, Huawei. You didn't operate as a company to start with without their approval. That's that's from the beginning. So um, the Greenland Group, which manages high-end real estate projects in Sydney and Melbourne, proactively drained Australian supplies of anti-coronavirus equipment, according to the Sydney Morning Herald. Three million surgical masks, 500,000 pairs of gloves, and bulk supplies of sanitizer and wipes were bought up in Australia and other countries where Greenland Group operates. It's a lovely name for a Chinese communist-sponsored company, the Greenland Group. While the bulk purchases and shipping were perfectly legitimate, the goods shipped in bulk to China, including the very items that have been in short supply now for Australian citizens and health professionals as they battled the thing coming ashore in Australia, and why did it come ashore in Australia at all? Because of Chinese nationals going to Australia out of the infected parts of China, while the Chinese communists were lying about the existence of the virus. They were accumulated at Greenland's Sydney headquarters and sent to China over weeks in January and February. If one, if only one, good outcome is yielded by this horror it's that I think more and more people are waking up to what being in bed with China means. 
America's got to be able to offer a better business proposition. Hey, it might be a little bit more expensive up front to do business with us, but we won't steal your intellectual property and strip your country of resources when you need the most. Right, and I I am so into this. Uh, a Western world, uh, particularly a an American axis of manufacturing and trade somehow that the poorer countries in central and south america where their labor costs are super crazy low and this is really catching on by the way with the heavyweights in industry the labor costs are quite low we can build it up in a big hurry and the supply chains will be so much more reliable and faster and cheaper and you won't be in bed with a regime that utilizes millions of slaves and where where are your civil rights activists in America, by the way, who are still yelling for slave reparations, which will never happen as long as there's a sun in the sky? It's a lie and a fantasy they pitch to get your votes. It will never happen. Why are you not complaining about the fact that there are millions of slave laborers in China? Anyway, if there's one good thing that comes out of all this, it's going to be waking up to what China really is. We were just talking about uh, will states start Putting up, you know, I don't know, barriers, roadblocks, barriers, roadblocks to, to keep people from other states from coming in. If states take different approaches toward this, if one state says we're back open from business and another state says we're 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 closed down, we're sheltering at home, keep your people out or the other way around. The other state says you got the corona over there. We don't hear you stay out. Just put bouncers on the border. It's grapes of wrath, man. Californians with axe handles attacking the Okies. Yeah, well, we got a yeah, we got a couple of uh, texts saying, "Yeah, that happened back in the day where they would try to keep Okies out at the uh, at the California border for a variety of reasons." Huh. And then we got this text. My mother-in-law is a snowbird. She winters in Nevada with us. She summers in a town in New Mexico. She just got an email from New Mexico saying that if she comes back to New Mexico, she will be expected to, to quarantine for 14 days. Yeah. So to go back to your state, you got to stay inside. So that is a state on state hmm. requirement. Yeah, I've heard about that a bunch. Nevada, that strikes me as odd. I don't think much is going on in Nevada, is it? Anyway, it might just be New Mexico Check doesn't have chart. much and they just don't want anybody coming in. And why gamble? Yeah. Look, chill out at your pad for two weeks. You know? Chill do out us, at your do pad. Do us a favor. They're very hip in New Mexico. You call it your pad? Uh, they do. Mm. New Mexicans do. Albuquerque, everybody talks like that. <laughs> it's becoming quite the, the little hotbed of, of filming in New Mexico. Oh, yeah. I, I guess they do a lot of tax breaks and stuff. There are tons of shows filmed there. I'd mm. love to spend more time in New Mexico. Yeah. I really would. But uh, I'm doing this stinking job five days a week. Answer another man. <laughs> Santa Fe is awesome. I've never been. Oh, freaking awesome. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm guessing artsy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Off the top artsy. And, um, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, love that. Love that. But I'm in here five days. Oh, I already said that. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Answering to the man. Answering to the man. Yeah. What actually works in closing the achievement gap between minority kids and white kids? What actually works? The answer will not shock you. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Indeed, health, happiness, 
If you're a small business owner, I'd start clicking around on the interwebs right now. The Senate passed the big relief thing. The House is going to vote on it tomorrow. And there's some real effective-sounding relief for y'all, especially if you keep your employees around. So, so get on that as soon as you get a chance. Coming up at the end of this segment, toward the end of it, the best Trump imitation I've ever heard by 50%. Okay, awesome. It, it is so good. Alec Baldwin, for instance, sounds nothing like Trump. I don't even know what he's... It's terrible. But stay with us. So Walter E. Williams, he's a columnist for the Daily Signal, professor of econ at the fabulous George Mason University. Um, he's a black man, and he leans conservative. But he uh, had a conversation, read a report... Uh, by Chris Stewart, who is a uh, self-described liberal and CEO of Brightbeam, a nonprofit network of education activists who want to hold their fellow progressives accountable for the failings in education. Reminds me a little bit about uh, James Lindsay. It reminds me of James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose and and uh, Peter Bogosian and um, and who's the the chap from Evergreen University? I don't. Uh, uh, he's fabulous, but he's, you know, he's going up against his fellow progressives when they're wrong. But the report asks, how do we explain outstandingly poor educational results for minority children, for instance, in San Francisco, which also happens to be one of the wealthiest cities in the country? Um, blah, blah, blah. Secret, the secret shame is the name of the report that uh, progressive cities on average have black-white achievement gaps in math and reading that are 15 and 13 percentage points higher than in conservative cities. For example, in San Francisco, 70% of white students are proficient in math. Black students, it's 12%, 58-point gap. In in D.C., 83% of white students scored proficient reading compared to 23% of black students, a 60-point gap. Yet three of the conservative cities these progressive researchers looked at, Virginia Beach, Anaheim, Fort Worth, have successfully closed or erased the gap in at least one of the academic categories, achieving a gap of zero or one, or even flipped it on on its head. Like in Oklahoma City, um, black students actually have a higher graduation rate than white students. So uh, what do they credit that to? Um, They'll get to that. A few more statistics first. That's astounding. Philadelphia, 19% of 8th graders scored proficient at math, 16 in reading. Detroit, only 4% of its 8th graders scored proficient in math, 7% proficient in reading. And they keep reelecting the same party over and over and over again. The secret shame report, and there are tons of these statistics, didn't say explicitly why the black-white achievement gap was smaller in conservative cities compared to their progressive counterparts, but permit me to make a suggestion, says Mr. Williams. An Education Week article reporting that in 2015-2016, uh, 5.8% of the nation's 3.8 million teachers were physically attacked by a student. Oh, wow. The Justice Department of... I'm sorry, the, yeah, the Bureau of Justice Statistics and the Department of Education National Center for Education Statistics shows that in uh, a different academic year, there were a record 210,000 primary and secondary school teachers who reported being physically attacked by a student. And they found that 18% of the nation's schools accounted accounted for three-quarters of the violence. Less than 20% of the nation's schools accounted for three-quarters of the violence. And and 6.5% accounted for half. And I got to imagine, uh, so the teacher's being attacked, but I got to imagine as another student, you have to constantly worry about being attacked. Right. Which makes it kind of hard to focus on your multiplication tables. Exactly. Right. 
and and the long story short, I got to boil this down God, because of limited sucks. time. What a sucky what a childhood that is. Well, right, it's terrible. It's terrible. And as any teacher can tell you, when they're being honest, the quality of this school and the quality of our test scores has a little to do with the teachers and almost everything to do with the raw material. What kind of families do we have? What kind of homes are these kids in? What kind of kids are coming out of the homes? And it's not the kids' fault at all. But it points to the fact that the schools and the districts that have the most traditional expectations of the kids do the best. And you've seen this over and over again. 60 Minutes will have a feature or whatever. On, and it's often a, a black man, a black woman, who takes control of a school and either puts the kids in uniforms or whatever, but communicates to the kids every single day. Number one, I believe in you. You're as smart as any kids anywhere. You can achieve. I expect you to achieve. And I expect you to expect to achieve. And when you raise the bar, kids reach it. Because those poor kids, those poor black kids, whatever, Hispanic kids, they're every bit as smart as any other kid anywhere. They have the raw computing power. They just don't have the culture. They don't have the expectations. And the 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 differences in outcomes is just absolutely stark and again every teacher you talk to will say the same thing unless they're so blinded by ideology that they've lost their minds having said that the president of the united states is a colorful fellow i think he's and i don't mean the fact that he's orange oh i i I spoke to someone who's actually been a professional in the tanning industry who says beyond a doubt it's it's spray or rub on there's just no doubt it is not the bed the fake baking, it's absolutely a spray or rub on. Hmm. They have proof. Um, on the other hand, and they explain to me the different colors and dyes and how you have to add why offset it, different skin tones. Why, why and the president needs more purple. Why hasn't it gotten better over the years? I can't imagine. Maybe he He's thinks it looks good. He's a billionaire. He can't hire somebody that gets you a normal skin tone? I know. I did the spray on one time as a bit. We were talking about it on the air and someplace offered to do it. And I went and I stood there. Naked and turned around and got sprayed. And Funniest I, episode ever, friends, when Ross spray tans. And I was orange. Yeah. And I thought, uh, nah, modern nah, technology. Re, yeah. Rebalance the dye. Yeah. Anyway, he's a colorful fellow, but not in that way. His speaking <laughs> patterns are, are curious. I haven't heard a great imitation of Donald J. Trump until now. Listen to this guy. 250 years ago, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Whose full name, you know, he was he was Jewish, so his full name might have been like Christowitz, but God rose him from the dead <laughs> on a holiday we now call Easter. Not a lot of people know that, but it's it's called Easter. It's when Jesus and the two Corinthians met the Easter bunny and came back from the dead. So you know, it's a beautiful story. Very important for the Christians, like me. And I have decided, I'm announcing today, we are going to bring back the economy on Easter Sunday. All right. It because goes God, on from there. But that's, that is really good. And, and it is it is hilarious. It's irreverent, uh, but we'll post it at armstrongandgetty.com. You can watch and it yourself. Not, and not flattering of the uh, the 45th president. Well, it's it's gentle ribbing. Um, uh, that is really good, and the fact that he decided to go with kind of the low-key teleprompter Trump for his impersonation is unique, as opposed to, uh, you know, the more animated Trump. Yeah. That's really that's really good. It's good. Uh, I tell you what, the president's got a quirky speaking style. His supporters know that. Get out of here. On the other hand, if you're watching those briefings every day, 
where the president uh, does his thing, and then Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks get up there, the uh, Surgeon General from time to time. Then you got uh, Mike Pence, who is really doing himself well in these things. It is so solid. It's the best of the Trump administration. And that Gallup poll that had 60% approval of his handling of the virus, it's either a bit of an outlier by five, six points, or it's just ahead because those numbers are going up, uh, unfortunately, like the infection rate. But um, the president and the administration's status is going up, up, up as a result of the coronavirus. Something Moving up. I, I don't think Democrats uh, dreamed of happening. Right. I wonder if this is going to start happening more places. It should. Chula Vista increased the speed limits in the San Diego area because the traffic's so slow now. Why are you making people drive 45? Raise it up to 55. I've increased the speed limit uh, on an ad hoc basis myself, <laughs> Jack. Um, I was actually doing, well, I was going at a speed that is perhaps, perhaps, slightly in excess of the speed limit and a Cop passed me. I didn't never saw him coming. And I was thinking, oh, but he went after somebody who was even more liberal in their policies. Exactly. So, drive carefully, everybody. That's my point. Well, you're essential. Do as I say. Armstrong and Getty.